Good morning, church. It's so lovely to see your beautiful faces this morning. Welcome to everyone. Welcome to all of our online guests. Thank you for tuning in and joining us this morning. Shall we all stand? We're going to go into a time of worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, that you are worthy of it all that you hold the name above all names, Lord, and you have sealed us with your name. And so, Father, we just thank you that we get to glorify and stand before you with thankful hearts that you are our God, that you are our King. Lord, that we get to acknowledge your goodness in the land that we are living in. Father, that we can know that you are the God who is able to split the sea, Lord Jesus, that you are the God who is able to go before us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, and we lift our voices to you, Lord. We sing songs of praise to you, for you alone are worthy, Lord. Thank you that we get to come together to adore your name, to behold your glory and behold your wonder. Father, we are so thankful. Thank you for this love that is so true, that never runs dry, that never runs out, that your mercies are new every morning and we sing to you with all that is within us, with all our hearts, Lord, we lay our crowns down before your throne. May you be magnified and glorified. And we pray this together in your holy name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. So let's worship together, sing a song of praise to Him, and let's adore Him. Surely in this 
We behold you this morning. We worship you. We adore you, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness, for your love for us, Lord. So worthy to be honored and worshiped and praised, Father, that you are faithful and true, that you are good, that you are love. And Lord, what a joy it is to worship you this morning, Lord. And we magnify you in your name and your goodness, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we see the evidence of your goodness in our lives, Lord. We just want to give you honor and praise, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. You're so, so good. We worship you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Wasn't that wonderful? So I believe that um, giving is an act of worship, and so we're going to be sharing the offering scripture this morning. And I was thinking about it. Why don't we give? What, is, hold, what holds us back from actually giving and, and putting God first? Because remember, during the Christmas season, we can make it about the stuff, eh? or we can make it about Jesus, and we can make it about creating great traditions of time with family and enjoying the presence of God, or we can make it about stuff. And I want to encourage you not to make it about stuff. You know, part of the reason why, why people won't give is either because of fear or because of lack of trust. So the fear of not having enough means that I want to hold on to what I have, or I'm not trusting God, or I'm not trusting the people that I'm wanting to give to. So, you know, God always wants the best for you. He's always wanting to provide for you. He's always wanting to care for you. That's who he's been from the beginning of time, and he will never, ever change. In Psalm Chapter 81, 16 in the NLT, it says, But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the hock, the, the rock. <laughs> honey, honey. You come up and try that. <laughs> honey from the hock. But you know, the children of Israel were complaining in the desert. And they were whining. And it's like, there was a rock that followed them. Think about this. There was a rock, just like there was fire by night and a cloud by day. There was also a rock that followed them that gushed out water. But you know that that's not what God's intent was. God was like, man, if you would have just trusted me, you could have had honey out of the rock. You could have had the finest wheat. But you complain and your eyes is always on lack on what you don't have. God wants the best for you. Religion wants to tell you that God only wants to meet your needs. But God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he wants you to trust him and have honey from the rock. He wants you to have the finest wheat. He wants you to live your best life because he came to give you abundant life. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe that. Because some of you don't believe it. And one of the ways to persuade your heart is to tell your neighbor or to tell yourself. 
God wants the best for me. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask, think, or imagine. In the Message Bible, he wants to do way beyond your wildest dreams. That means honey from a rock. That's the finest wheat. God wants you to experience the blessed life. Amen. And so the way that you connect your heart to that is through giving because you are now expressing trust. It's like I can trust God. I can trust him, that, which means that I can be generous with my finances. It means that I can give because I know that God wants the best for me. So in acts of generosity, my heart is open to receive what he's already given. Amen. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. So don't allow fear or lack or this lack of trust to capture your heart, especially during this season. No, stay connected to God as your source, that he wants the best for you. Have an open, generous heart because that's what your father is like. He has an open, generous heart toward you. Amen. And so trust him with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. Be open-handed like your heavenly father. Your heart begins to follow your actions. Amen. You're communicating something to your heart through acts. When you begin to take a step of faith and you do something, you're communicating something wonderful to your heart that you're trusting your father. Amen. So remember the reason for the season. Put God first. Amen. Not last. Amen. Great. So we have some many ways to give. So if you don't know how to give and you want to give in a certain way and we don't have that way, we'll find a way for you. So after this little bumper video, we have my beautiful wife coming up to share on Behold. Enjoy the service. Good morning. Good morning, church. It's so lovely. My name is Dee. I'm not just the beautiful wife. I'm Dee. Or Mama Dee. Sometimes he calls me that. But it's lovely to have you all here. Thank you for giving up a bit of a beach time and being at church, putting him first. And I know you'll have a lovely rest of the day. But I get to share in this beautiful series that we are doing Christmas is such a wonderful time of year. Unfortunately, I can't bring anything new. The same story happens every year. So it's like one of those movies, you know the ending of, but you watch it anyway. So there's no new twists. I promise you it's still the same Christmas story. But what I do love about the Word of God is that it is daily manner. Have you found that? No matter how much you read the Bible, sometimes you can read the same scripture a hundred times and you get something fresh every time. And that's how I feel the Christmas story is for me. I just love telling the story. And then, you know, it's like having a birthday. You don't say, oh, not another birthday card. I know you're going to tell me I'm amazing, awesome, powerful. You don't say no to me. Why? Because we like hearing these stories over and over again. It's special to us. And so I'm going to tell you the same story, but with behold. And didn't Nick do just a wonderful job last week? Weren't we proud of our family service and the youth and everyone stepping up to see how they grow, to see the revelations that they have? I was so blessed by what he brought across in behold. And that when you see the word behold, you say to yourself, I don't want to miss it. Isn't that what he shared with us? I don't want to miss this. We've got to look intently and not miss it. So I'm going to share today as I break down the word behold. And we're going to see how 
entwined the Christmas story can be with the word behold. So I'm going to start with the letter B. And B stands for a brave young virgin. Why is this important? In Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold. Don't miss this. A virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. In Matthew 1, verse 19, Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, don't miss this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, don't miss this, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. A brave young virgin. This is so foundational for everything we believe as Christians. Because Jesus had to be fully human and fully God. In order to be the Messiah, he had to have his humanity from his mother and his divinity from his dad. If Joseph had stepped into the picture, then unfortunately the sin that had carried from Adam would have passed into Jesus and he would have been a sinner just like us. But the seed that Mary carried had to be perfect. It had to come from God himself. He would have been conceived by the Holy Spirit and therefore he was free of sin. He could be legally adopted by an earthly father from the tribe of Judah, born of the line of David and would stand before the world as the new Adam. We have to believe in a virgin birth. Because if he had come from Joseph, when he died on the cross, he wouldn't have been taking our sins upon him. He would have been dying for only his sin. And so throughout the Old Testament, we often don't understand God's intent. We see an angry God that's just wiping out nations and killing. But you've got to understand that even in Noah, it was only Noah's family that were found holy. In Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah, Abraham was looking for people. Lot was saying, come out, I'll do, please just save the city for uh, seven people. Eventually they found one. If it had continued the way society was going, there wouldn't have been a virgin left in the world. Think about it. And so God protected the seed by making sure one day there would be a virgin that would be able to carry the seed of the Holy Spirit and bring salvation to us. And I believe with all my heart, every tribe he wiped out in order to protect that seed, I know Jesus went down to the depths of there when he died on the cross. I believe he went to hell and presented an opportunity to believe in him. But he had to protect that seed. There would be no redemption that could be bought by his blood. No wrath would be satisfied by his death. And no resurrection could occur to violate his righteousness if he had been born from Joseph. And Joseph chose to keep Mary pure till that Jesus, until Jesus was conceived. So that there would never be a doubt as to who the father was. She was a brave virgin. Can you imagine what she went through? And yet she chose to do it for him. 
I've been listening to so many lovely Christian songs and one of them, uh, Christmas songs, and one of them is Mary, Did You Know? It's one of my favorites. And the whole song talks about Mary, do you know who's living inside of you? That he would walk on water, that he would heal the sick and the lame and the lepers. Do you know who you are carrying? And then I was challenged with one of the, the artists who sang it, and he said, do you know who's living inside you right now? Do you know that each one of us are carrying that same Jesus? That resurrection power is living inside of us. That same Christ who walks on water is residing in us. Do we know that? Are we aware that we too have the King of Kings living in our hearts? It wasn't just Mary, it's us too. And we would be so aware of him this season that it's not just a Christmas story, but we too carry the life of God inside of us. There was a brave young virgin. The E and behold is extravagant provision. Now you would think you are parenting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Savior of the world. I don't know about you, but at my baby shower, I would expect American Express gold unlimited funds. Like, go wild, Dean. Or at least sponsored by a few partners that you wouldn't have to buy nappies for the rest of your life. But you know what? Jesus arrived in a normal family. And yet God supernaturally gave them extravagant provision from somewhere they hadn't even thought of. These ungodly men who hadn't followed Israel's whole law and being perfect, but they chose to follow a star. And they chose to bring extravagant provision to this little family. And how much more does God want to provide every day for us? You know, it says in Isaiah 60 verse 6, A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all these from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bring good news of the praises of the Lord. Here we see in Isaiah, it was also prophesied. They were going to come and worship a king. And this king was going to be the savior of the world. In Matthew 2, it says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. There's so many symbols in gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and I just want to touch on a few of them. Gold symbolized divinity. They recognized that Jesus was God in a human form. Frankincense has been long used for incense and worship and perfume. So often they would use it in the time of worship when they were coming into the priests and it symbolized holiness. Like frankincense in the Old Testament, Jesus would be given up as an offering for our sins in humanity. Isn't that beautiful? And then myrrh, I've got to add a tree. <laughs> But a tree called from the Camiphora family is where we get myrrh. And it's often used in wine and cosmetic, but most of all, it's used in purification and embalming. It's often used in the traditions that it's so bitter and it represented the bitterness and the horrible death that Jesus would die for us. And then how the embalming could be associated with the death of Jesus. But they brought gold. And that gold gave them daily provision to escape to Egypt. 
You know, we think travel's expensive now. It was still expensive in those days. They needed gold. They need to relocate. They needed to find a house. They needed to eat. And God gave extravagant provision for them. He wants to do the same with you today. Don't limit God. I love what Steve shared. Expect honey in your rocks. H in behold stands for humble shepherds. In Luke 2, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in their fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay, not washing their socks by night. It's keeping watch over their flock by night, if you sing the song wrong. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. I don't know why the new... (laughs) American standard suddenly goes British on us there. I mean, normally you would say, and they were very, very scared, but suddenly we are terribly frightened. But anyway, the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, don't miss this. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. There will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared the angel, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just had been told them. Think about it, church. Jesus had the whole of eternity to rock up. He could have chosen any century. He could have chosen the 70s. There was a lot of peace and love. Maybe they wouldn't have believed they were angels. Let's just not go there. (laughs) They would have all been as high as a kite. (laughs) Okay, he could have come today. I mean, social media could have done a lot of work for him. Think about the people he, he wanted to appear to. If you were going to appear and make yourself famous, who would you choose? Maybe the royal family? Maybe the the best influencer on Instagram that has the most likes? Who did Jesus choose? He chose humble shepherds. People that had been left in the hills and forgotten about. Just look after the stinky sheep. And I think there was a goat. I'm just going to say that part three of my goat series. (laughs) He chose humble shepherds. It's so important we understand this. And you know why it's so important? Because if Jesus appeared for the first time to the humble shepherds, if the angels broke open heaven to declare glory to God in the highest, to humble shepherds, Guess what that means? I can come to him too. That means I get to worship him. Because if it was just the royal family, I wouldn't feel qualified. If it was the prettiest girl, I don't know if I'd feel qualified. If it was the richest man, I don't think I would be qualified. But because Jesus came to humble shepherds, guess what? Each one of us are included. We get to feel accepted to go and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We don't have to come with our air and graces and our our doctrines and our 
degrees and what we've achieved in life. We just have to come as we are. And not only did he choose those humble shepherds, he broke heaven open and then said, go and tell everybody. They were the first evangelists. Guess what? If shepherds can do it, so can I. If God trusted a shepherd, I know he's going to trust me. He was pleased with the shepherds. Those humble shepherds have such a vital part to play in us understanding the good news. O, are you ready for O? O is obvious obstacles. Look to your friend next to you and say, it's so obvious. Okay, look to your second choice, the other person on the other side. <laughs> say, I saw that coming. <laughs> I saw it coming. So my, my children, obviously me being such a hip mom and knowing all the lingo, they would say, mom, it's so obvi. It's obvi. We don't say the whole word. Just, so just say to your friend, it's so obvi. <laughs> So obvi, okay. Look what was so obvi in this Christmas story. Are you ready? You're pregnant, but you're not married. A little bit of an obstacle, don't you agree? So obvi. You're told by the government, your favorite people in the whole world, that you have to get to Bethlehem and you're nine months pregnant on a donkey. A little bit of an obstacle. Okay, I'm just gonna be real here. If I was carrying the savior of the world, I'm thinking diamond status, discovery. At least a private ward are we all into this? I mean, you're carrying the child of God. At least midwife of the year is on your resume. You get to Bethlehem, there's no room in the inn, let alone the life hospital. These are obstacles we know about, but can you believe Mary didn't know this? Then it gets better. You've got to give birth in a stable. No hot water there. Your husband then has a dream that the king is about to kill your child. We see it now. It wasn't an obvious obstacle for Mary. Then you've got to go to Egypt for two years. You can't even bring the Son of God up in his home country. Two years. Do you know what child development happens in the first two years and you've got to do it in Egypt? And then goes the Mother of the Year Award because you'd lose him. A little bit of an obstacle. You think it's obvious now, but to Mary it wasn't. We're talking about the savior of the world. Can you see he had a few obstacles to, to get through? The king of kings and the Lord of lords had a few obstacles. Why do we as Christians expect life to be perfect when Jesus never had a perfect life? I see so many people that when a curveball happens, their foundations of faith get rocked. And they question God, they question their lives, they expect everything to, why is this happening to me? Where is God? I want to tell you, if Jesus didn't have a perfect life, we're not going to have it. We know he's not the author of destruction. We know that. But we're going to have issues in life. We're going to have obstacles. Look what John 16 says. 
Jesus says, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Isn't that great news? Jesus is warning us, listen, you're going to have obstacles. Maybe 23 was a, a year of obstacles that weren't obvious. You weren't expecting those news, that news, those reports. But I want to tell you, I love it in the Passion Translation. It says, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. We are going to have storms in this life. Are you going to run around like the disciples? We're going to die, we're going to die. Or are you going to choose to come sleep with him in the boat? Every day is a choice how we respond to these obstacles. And my promise to you is as you fix your eyes on Jesus, as you have those dove's eyes, you will see his peace. You will experience his peace. You will be courageous because he will get you through whatever you are going through. The L in behold are you all with me? What was B? Brave, young virgin. What was E? Extravagant. Just see if the person's moving their mouth, otherwise they weren't listening, okay? <laughs> otherwise you just listen for their voice and, and then you just keep speaking, okay? What was H? Humble shepherds. Good. O? RV. RV, RV, okay? Then we did L. L is for the lowly manger. Not lonely, lowly. Okay? For the lowly manger. In Luke 2, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, don't miss this. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today uh, uh, in the city of David. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. Think about all the signs he could have put. Room 304 in the king's palace. This is your sign. He'll be drenched in diamonds. This is the sign. What is the sign? You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. When Jesus was on earth, there's one very special place where he himself gives who he really is. He shows the heart of his character. He exposes his whole motivation for life. And it's found in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is where Jesus shows us the very heart of who he is. Think about all the adjectives he could have chosen. Victorious and powerful. Come to me. I am joyful and what? Generous. I'm a conqueror and healer. All those attributes, all true of him. But what did he say he is? He chose two words. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. That lowly doesn't mean he thinks negative about himself. It literally means kind, compassionate, caring. 
If you've carried burdens or you've labored this year, guess what? You're qualified to get to him because that's the only qualification. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Has anyone had a heavy burden this year that they've had to carry? Thank you for all five of you. <laughs> the rest of you are so heavy laden, you can't even lift your hand up. <laughs> I get it. Don't worry. We've had that year. But guess what? We get to run to him and take his yoke and see his heart. He's gentle. When he sees you burdened, he says, oh, he doesn't say, oh, come on now, guys. I've told you how many times to give it to me. When are you going to learn? No. He says, come. I'm gentle. I'm going to love you just the way you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to offload before you get to me. Just come. I'll take it. Because my description is I'm gentle and lowly. If Jesus had his own website and it was about me, guess what would be at the bottom? I'm gentle and lowly at heart. That's who our Savior is. That's who he wants to be in our life. He's tender. He's open. He's welcoming, he's accommodating, he's understanding, he's willing. And it started by being born in a manger. He knew that if he started at the ground, every one of us would be qualified to come to him. A lowly manger described exactly who he would be. And lastly, I want to talk about the a devoted dad. I've never really focused on Joseph. We know Joseph was his adopted dad, but I want to tell you he was a devoted dad. Do you know that Joseph never speaks in the whole of the Bible? You never hear the words of Joseph. And yet every time an angel appears to him or God speaks to him, he drops everything and is obedient. When I'm doing counseling, so often when people have had an unhealthy representation of an earthly dad, they then portray that onto Father God. And so what we have to do is forgive our earthly dad so that we can believe the truth of who our heavenly father is because there's such a correlation between how our dads bring us up to how we relate to God. And I believe Joseph had the same story to represent Father God. And what did he teach? He taught Jesus that, you know what, when I hear Father God say something, I do it immediately. And we see that happen in, in John 5 verse 19. So Jesus said, I speak to you eternal truth. The son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. I only do the works that I see the father doing for the son does the same works as his father. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That Joseph taught Jesus, when you hear your father, you listen. Joseph also taught Jesus to be a carpenter. You know, Joseph was a carpenter and he taught Jesus. Now, I don't know if you have your own children, but it's very hard. I speak from a little bit of experience. It's very hard to teach your own children your trade. I tried. We did record it together. Tick. But when it came to teaching my children other musical instruments, I had to call in the village. Because suddenly it's like, ah, Mom, why do we have to practice? Mom, I don't want to do it again. I can do it like this. I've heard other children talk. I'm obviously giving you a scenario that's never happened. But it's very hard to teach your own children. That's why I have Mrs. Letitia in my life. She taught my children amazingly. But think about it. Joseph taught his own son how to be a carpenter. That was a very special thing to do. He was a devoted dad. 
And the last thing that I want to share with you is that there's no mention of Joseph in Jesus's ministry. You never hear about his dad. And we can prove it in Luke chapter 2 when Joseph and Mary come to the synagogue and they want to bless Jesus through, through um, Simeon. And this is what Simeon says to them in Luke 2. It says, So the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, Listen carefully. This child is destined to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be rejected. Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul as well. Can you see he only directed it to Mary? Joseph wasn't there when Jesus died on the cross. And I believe this was perfect timing for Jesus, that he then didn't have to choose between his adopted dad and his heavenly father. That he would be able to let go of his earthly dad's voice and then only hear what his father God was saying. Because if you've ever been in a blended family, you know it's very complicated. And that's what Jesus had. He had two fathers. And yet when Joseph wasn't there, something very special happened, which was just before Jesus went into his ministry, and that's Matthew three seventeen. Then suddenly the voice of the father shouted from the sky saying, this is my son, the beloved. My greatest delight is in him. So here we see this devoted dad was there for his whole upbringing, but then Father God stood in and became his loving father. This is the Christmas story. This is how much he loved us, that he would bring a brave young virgin. He would give extravagant provision. He chose humble shepherds. There were obvious obstacles, but he got through them. He was born in a lowly manger and had a devoted dad. Let's not miss this beautiful sign, this beautiful story, this Christmas. Let's behold our King of Kings. And like Steve said, let's not make it about things. Let's come and adore him. Let's come and worship him for who he is in our lives. We are so loved. We have a heavenly dad that did this for us. We have a brother, Jesus, who said, I love you so much, I'm prepared to be born in a stable. This morning I was praying, I woke up early praying for each and every one of you and just bringing this message and I, I washed my hair, yes, as you can see. <laughs> That's how much I love you. You've got clean hair from me. <laughs> and then I, I was busy drying my hair, and there on my bathroom, at quarter to six in the, in the morning, on my basin was a ladybird. And I was just like, Father God, how much do you love me? That you would bring ladybirds to me at quarter to six in the morning. And I want to remind each and every one of you that you are so loved. You are his beloved. He says the same thing about you. You are his greatest delight. So won't you stand this morning? Won't you close your eyes? Maybe you've been through this year. Maybe the, the obstacles have been too much. Maybe you've been carrying burdens that are too heavy, but you felt disqualified to come to him. This morning, as you behold him, I want to remind you, come as you are. Come and experience his love. Come experience his peace. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. 
Maybe you don't know what your future holds. Maybe it's scary. Maybe there's a big unknown. Look at the evidence around you. He's been so faithful, so kind. You are not alone. Maybe you're dealing with health issues. Trust the healer this morning. Can I ask you, if you're battling with a health issue, won't you just put your hand where it's hurting? Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I speak to sickness and disease. And I remind you, you were, you were paid for 2,000 years ago on the cross. That our Savior came to earth. And right now, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I command cancers to leave. I command abscesses to leave. I command blood to be normal. I command cholesterol to be normal. I command hearts to be healthy. I speak life into bones and muscles in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You manifest your healing right now. And Father God, I pray for those that are brokenhearted in their souls, where obstacles and heavy burdens have overwhelmed them. I speak peace in Jesus' name. I speak courage. Father, that your love and your joy will go right inside and flood their souls. We behold you this morning. And while every head is bowed, maybe you've come into the service and you don't know Jesus. You don't know who this, the Savior of the world is. Today's the day you get to make him Lord of your life. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would just love to pray with you as you make that decision. So while every head is bowed, won't you just raise your hand up and say, Dee, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I need a Savior. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. You may put your hands down. For those online, maybe you need Jesus as well. Won't you pray with us as we pray as a family to support those that have bravely put their hands up this morning. Let's just pray together. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, today I believe that you died on the cross for me, that I'm forgiven, that I'm healed, and that I'm whole. Today I become your child, righteous and holy. I am now yours, and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And Father God, I just pray for every person here, for your love, for your peace to rest on them as they behold you, as we, we be together in this season, may you be so present. May your presence overwhelm us. May your love be all over us as we trust you with our lives. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name I pray this. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you, church. If you gave your life to Jesus, if you put your hand, we have a ministry team that will be waiting with a What Now book. Please grab one as you go out. There will be a ministry team up front if you need extra prayer or you're just dealing with stuff. 
Otherwise, go and meet some people, have a cup of coffee, grab something to eat. And always remember, you are highly favoured and deeply loved. <laughs>